0: Let's give it up for Chris. So Chris has been many times at our Sorely Outreach. We've now come together and also spoke at our Sunday morning celebration. Last time you, I remember you speaking was at our men's breakfast and you spoke about real love. It was really impacting morning, not just because of the bacon either, Chris. You brought a real word of God as well. So we're excited to hear you tonight. So come on, let's, uh, let's just encourage Chris as he comes to minister God's word tonight. come on Janet, come and pray for Chris oh you're up there, that was great. we at Sorley have known Chris over the last two or three years I think and um, he's always brought a word that is very appropriate for us And so I just want to thank you for that and we trust God that uh, we're going to hear much of the same tonight Chris has had um, a bad time getting here just tonight, there was a crash and all the um, roads were closed and um it you know he, he was late coming and that's not chris is it He's always Fair half enough. an hour early at least and um but we thank god the has arrived and his team thank you for coming and i'm just going to pray for you and with you chris okay thank you heavenly father we we thank you for the many words that we've heard from chris We thank you that we have seen him grow in grace. And we just pray tonight, Lord, that you will just blot out his mind for everything but your word. And as he speaks your word, that we will be blessed, we will be uplifted, we will be challenged, and we will know more about you by the time this evening is over. So, Lord, just bless Chris Open our hearts and our ears and our eyes to what He has to say, what you have to say through Him. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Well, good evening. It's uh, always a privilege to come and see nice, good looking Christian folk. Um, I love my church, but they're not as good looking as you. apart from these two no um, I love that song when it spoke about the eagle soaring and I don't know whether you know but the eagle is the only bird that actually flies above the storm it knows how to fly above the storm and tonight I really really feel I already know that there's someone here that this message is for And, and, and the Lord wants us to be able to soar above the storm. The storm will carry on, but it's all about trying to hook uh, into those godly thermals that take us above whatever's going off. And what happened with us getting here today is actually relevant to what I want to share, because tonight is about hope. It's also about navigation. And it was an awful, stressful time. Just to come, what the satnav says was 24 minutes journey, uh, didn't turn into 24 minutes at all. There was, I pray that that accident, which looked really bad, uh, they're okay. But we had to have a massive detour, and the satnav kicked in as it does, and starts taking you on all sorts of alternative routes, and in the end, it gave up on itself and switched itself <laughs> off. But we still got here. So I praise God, because with God, we will still get there. And tonight I want to bring a real hopeful, beautiful message about hope from the Lord. And I remember before I decided to follow Jesus, um, my life was all over the place. Some of you know from my testimony sort of background I came from, from addictions and violence and you name it. Uh, it was chaos, a shambles. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my purpose was. I had got a clue. I was like um, treading in water. And I'm sure many of you have experienced that in life. You just can't see a way forward. You're just surviving. You're just just above drowning. And... Um, Often I used to say I feel like I'm the salmon swimming against the tide with the sheer power and weight of life hitting me. I never seemed to get anywhere. Yet like the salmon, I kept trying, jumping out and getting knocked back. And uh, it was awful. And I couldn't navigate through it. I knew I couldn't do it on my own. I couldn't navigate this path of life. And, and I thought, well, I might as well just give in and die. What's the point? I'm second best anyway. Everyone's told me all my life. And then for some strange reason, the Lord laid on my heart through what someone else said about salmon. And and, and I, I just love how salmon operate. Because I really believe that in nature, right, it, it It's almost the same design plate, especially with the salmon, as what God has for us. And I'm going to explain why and why it's full of hope. Because salmon spend all of their early life in the rivers and then they swim out to sea where they live their adult lives. They gain most of their body mass at sea. And when they have matured, they return to the rivers to spawn. Uh, usually, they return with amazing precision to the very river that they were born in. Wow. Unbelievably. It's like they have a, um, an, an inbuilt, apparently scientists are all not quite sure how it works, but they think it's some sort of magnetic direction-finding thing that they have in, inbuilt into them for their salmon to get to their spawning ground so the salmon have got this inbuilt drive determination, sense of purpose brilliant directional skills unlike Rose's Satnav. Um, and how also to negotiate the river once to get there like salmon we're not too dissimilar we were born in water uh, we are mostly made up of water and we have an every person in this room has an inbuilt purpose and desire and drive to find their way home. This is God given. 1 Corinthians 8.6 says, Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we exist. Ephesians 1 then says, goes on to say, For he he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be homely and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So what the salmon has, this magnetic device of getting home, God's placing us, before we were even here, before time even began, right, he placed in every one of us the root home. That inbuilt desire. Trouble is, all of us, we go off seeking our purpose and trying to negotiate life to get back to something... Because if you don't know God, it's something. We know we're here. So what is this something? How can we navigate home? Quite simply, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the entrance to the river that flows into the very presence of God. That's what he is. That's our purpose. To find our way home to Him that we mostly get wrong. We don't recognize it. We're blinded by life's stingy salt of the sin and the way we get things wrong and muck things up. And we don't recognize it. We go this way, we go that way. All we're seeking, yet never quite finding. But we all need salt human body needs a bit of salt. But too much salt, and when I refer to salt here, I'm talking about all the, the rubbishy stuff, because too much salt will poison you. If you have too much salt, if you drink salty water, you will be violently sick. We go round and round in circles. We tire out. We find dead ends. We end up in the dead pool. If, if we try these things in our own strength, we gather so much saltiness, we become like the Dead Sea where no fish can live. Completely dead. The Dead Sea has so much salt in it, it becomes heavy. If you actually try to swim in the Dead Sea, you physically can't swim in it. You just float. It's like swimming through treacle, it's that thick and heavy. What we need is fresh water. Because fresh water is lighter than salty water. It rises above the salty water. So the river of life through Jesus Christ will help raise us up above the saltiness of the world and the poison that it offers if we drink from it. The prophet Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 47, had a vision. A man brought him to the temple. And uh, he saw water coming from underneath. Just trickling out. And the more and more he looked, it got faster, and it got deeper, and it got deeper. They even measured it. A 1,000 cubits, apparently 1,750 feet, apparently. Um, And he was led water through his ankles to his knees, then to his waist, and then till he couldn't swim across it. Then he says, he asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down the Areba where it enters the dead sea when it empties into the sea the salty water there becomes fresh swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows there will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh so where the river flows everything will live the point that i'm trying to get here this vision is the same river to me in Revelation 22 that flows through heaven. It's a, almost, a, 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 this is said, hundreds and hundreds of years before that even came about in Revelation. And, and, and the point is that under the old covenant, the temple was the great meeting place between a holy god and his sinful people it was a place of sacrifice the place of atonement for sin but this side of the cross where jesus by his sacrifice paid for our sins jesus himself becomes the temple jesus himself becomes the great meeting place between holy god And his sinful people. And here flows the living water. Flowing out from the temple. Giving life. That even turns the dead sea. Into life. As in what Jesus does. When he enters us. Turns the dead man. Or dead woman. Into life. Living. So the river of life flows into us. And we become part of The river that flows into the river that eventually takes us home. I want you as your church. And I said this to my church as well. I see the church as a river. You and me are all streams. All of us are little streams that should flow into that river. You and me are all vital in adding to that river. When we allow us, our stream, to flow properly and don't put dams in the way or don't try and alter our course and we flow in the same direction, we become a mighty flowing river in the same direction together as we've been asked to be. A raging river... It's so powerful, if you look at the Grand Canyon, you know where I'm going. It smashes through rock. It smashes through mountains. Nothing can stand in the way of the river with this power that's there. It cannot be stopped. And the river that I'm talking about, the streams that well up in us, it helps nourish others around us. It spills out. We can help the lost and broken who we know and help, draw, help them to draw their water from the same place we drink from now. We cannot be part of the body of Christ if we wander around like nomads and cut ourselves off. The stream will eventually die out and dry out. If we do our own thing, it also affects the overall power have the main flow of water that wants to go in a certain direction it's vital we are we almost realize that we're not designed to stay a little stream god's plan for us was much more bigger than that we're designed to flow together as one as the church if you look at the river ganges It starts way up high in the mountains. A little puddle. It's unbelievable. A little puddle. And the streams, hundreds of them, flow into it. And it stretches for 1,500 miles. And in India, they even worship it. Because it brings life to the area. They bathe in it. They flood their fields with it but if those streams didn't come together it'd never have the power to reach as far as it does and in the same way we start as these little puddles then we develop into a stream then we flow into a river joining together flowing in the same direction which will lead us home we're all designed to go home On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So there we go, that stream, it's there. It's bubbling, wants to burst out. We can't restrict it. So for us... To play our part is crucial in this. If we get the flow right in our walk with Jesus, not only will we do things and reach things we thought inaccessible, we get the flow of life right. We will never thirst. We'll never become too salty. The Lord will shower us with his rains and keep our streams flowing in the right direction. When Peter walked on water, he was so focused on Jesus, he became lighter than the water. He rose above it, walked across it, until he took his eyes off the Lord and he started to sink. If you tonight have come here and you feel that you're constantly swimming against the tide, then it's my suggestion you take a look around and have a look which way you're swimming check your direction because when we get our direction right we will get home where we belong no question because Jesus promises he's gone to prepare that place for us I had a massive revelation really recently Um, I kind of was in that I've had a real tough season seven months of walking round in a parched desert land with my no work, being unemployed. um, Everything that could go wrong, earthly-wise, did. And I threw my toys out my pram. Our God is big enough to take that. But what I've come to was a place where it was vital for me to go through what I have done the last six months, because I've come out a bigger, better, stronger man. The Lord said to me, Chris, you're like a tall ship. Your ropes were loose, your rigging was coming down. I put you in port, giving you new rigging, giving you brand new sails to equip you to go out on the next leg of your journey. But there will be more storms. Rest assured. And he opened my eyes to the vision that my church has. Because I ain't seen it before. I thought I did. I thought I knew my pastor. He put up a picture on his wall at our AGM. You know, AGMs are usually sleep fodder, isn't it? Sort of thing. And, and I sat there and, and I saw his picture. Of him 25 years ago, being handed the keys to our little scout hut building of a church, and he was telling me about the, the vision he had then was the same vision he has now. And I don't know what he said, but all of a sudden, everything my church is currently doing made sense. He made sense. And then he said, "Chris, what about you? What about your purpose in all this?" What's your purpose? What do you think your purpose is? I'll tell you what your purpose is. Get up in the morning. Start making your bed. Start putting your socks away. Start washing your clothes. Don't have a bath once a week. Start eating better. Because I've created in you a fire and a power that I expect you to give your personal best. In everything you do. I'm not talking about works here. I'm talking about in, in how I interact with my brothers and sisters in church. How I don't turn the phone to voicemail when someone rings me in an emergency. I've done it all. If I'm being honest. Like on the Olympics when it says PB, personal best. It says, that's what I expect from you Chris. I want you to walk around with honourable conduct. In all you do. You are part of the royal priesthood. You are an ambassador of the Most High. You know who you are in Christ Jesus. Go and be that man with your family. With your church family, with the people you meet on the streets, or the people who come to soup kitchen. Don't talk it, live it. Be the man. I want you to be. And that's the challenge that I want to throw out there. Are we that man or woman? Do we know who we are in Christ? Do we really, really know? Because it's only relatively recently I can actually say, I'm starting to get there. I'm starting to understand what's expected of me. And I've not got a God standing there with a big stick to hit me with an iron rod. To tell me to do it. It's because I want to do it. It's because I want to please him. It's because I don't want to let down my brother and sister. And then what happens is. When I take personal responsibility. In everything I do in my personal life. In my spiritual life. Then my church gets the best of me. That's how important I am to my church. That's how important you are to the church, to the Lord, no matter what you do. You might put the flowers out. Do it with your personal best. You might clean the toilets and never get a mention, but give it your personal best. Always. Always. Because when we do our bit, it's one less bit for the rest of the people to worry about. It was massive to me. Massive, huge revelation. Not just one of them moments. It, 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 it's give, it, And then, from that, we've been working on this thing called extreme men. Me and an ex-police ex-foe of mine, um, who the Lord has brought together. Only, only he can do that. And we're going to share our story of how he took the courage to tell me about Jesus. He was scared to tell me about the Lord because he thought I'd either give him a whack or, but I was crying out to be saved. I just didn't know how. I was the salmon just swimming around, flapping around on the bank, dying. And he helped to lead me to that water. And when I took my first drink of that water, I've never been the same since. That fire has never gone out, even through the season of, of harshness. The Lord never let the children of Israel down when they wandered through the desert. He fed them. He watered them. He did everything for them. I'm coming apart <laughs> Then how much more so will you do so for us? How much more? All of a sudden, churches, since i love this revelation, the phone hasn't stopped. All of a sudden, I send off a CV and I get a reply and get called in for a job interview. All of a sudden, I walk into this interview and I'm beaming and smiling like a Cheshire cat because I'm just letting Jesus flow through me. And these two people were smiling through the whole of the interview. Firing question after question after question. And I just let God take over. And I got the job. The season flipped like that. Everything changed. Not just bits. Everything's changed. I've come back out into the sunshine. And I praise the Lord for taking me through it. And I've seen others along my journey, the same, have similar Revelations. There was a, um, one of the young women who, who, who comes to our soup kitchen. She said, said to me, and I know she's had this battle for years. I don't know who I am. I don't know why I am. And I don't know why the Lord said it, but it comes from an ear. I just said to her, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the greatest of them all? And she looked at me and said, what? I said, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the greatest of them all? I, I said, Jesus. When you look in that mirror, you don't see what he does. When I used to look in the mirror, I used to punch myself in the face because I hated what I see. When I look in the mirror now, I see what he's making me into. And I love what I see. She then sent me a photograph of her home mirror. She wrote, mirror, mirror, on the wall. Who's the greatest of them all? And then she put in big, I don't know whether it's lipstick, I don't know these things, but said, Jesus... It said redeemed. It said forgiven. It said everything you want. And I thought, come on! That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's nothing that I've said that's uh, uh, from Chris, because Chris on his own without the T on the end, I'm pretty much just Chris. But with the Lord. Anything's possible. But the Lord's designed me and you since before creation to go home. He has. And all we have to do is flow with that. Yes, we'll hit rapids. Yes, we'll hit rocks. But the watercourse will get to where it needs to if we stick to it. So if you're that person tonight that's struggling with knowing who you are, that person that's undecided, what course they want to take. I always give an opportunity for people, if they want to have prayer, if they want to make a a public statement to say that they're going to alter their course, start to drink a different kind of liquid, and eat from, as we've already said, the Lord's table, And come and have some prayer. Come and stand. Let's stand together with each other as that mighty river that the Lord's brought together. Let's stand and support each other. So if you want to have some prayer, then please come forward and have some prayer. Today is always a good day always a good day yeah. So take them steps forward yeah. bless you yeah. so please these guys will I'm sure will play something amazing uh, um, but please if you want to come and have prayer and Lord I thank you that before time was even thought about you had a plan for each and every one of these people in this room that you put in them a passion a desire a drive even though times we didn't know what it was to come home today's a good day to come home the Lord says come home come and feed off my table come and drink of my water you'll never thirst again You'll never go hungry. And all we have to do is make them steps forward. So guys, if you want prayer for anything, please come forward. I'm sure there's loads of people here all, all jump in with you. And we all stand together in this, yeah? Amen.